Support for In a City Like Yours comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the perfect package, which makes it the perfect gift this holiday season. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's B-I-G-H-E-A-D-S. This is a call to action, fellas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M for links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. On this episode, Bill begins his story with his career in education. He tells of when he was an elementary school principal and a vicious dog began to attack the children while they were on the playground. He also talks about some of the books he has written. Later, Bill tells the story of the birth of his granddaughter, who was born prematurely at 26 weeks. Then he discusses his film career as an actor, scriptwriter, and director. Here is Bill's story. My name is Bill Foster, and I'm calling in from uh, downtown Duster, which is not really an incorporated city, but I'm just south of Gorman, Texas, and west of DeLeon, Texas. I live on a vineyard out here, and we've just started that in the last couple of years. And we started after I retired from education after 33 years. I started education in 1984 uh, after going to college, of course. And and something that directed me towards being an educator was, uh, you know, I knew I couldn't make a living farming, and that's what I really enjoyed. 
but our farm wasn't big enough. And so we had to have something else to make that living. And so I felt like teaching agriculture would be fill that void. You know, when I went to college, I didn't know whether I really wanted to be a agriculture teacher or maybe a, a farm loan officer or something like that. But I just got steered towards the education field as I went through. Um, I toyed with the, the idea of law enforcement before I went to college, but settled on a teaching career instead of that. I taught agriculture for six years and then went in to be a principal. I was a principal for 15 years at various locations. And then after I'd been principal for 15 years, I moved on to be a superintendent in two different schools. And I was a superintendent in a total of 11 years before I retired in January 2016. But something that really affected my life along the way has something to do with school. Uh, of course, those things that do affect our life and, and make a major uh, accomplishment to us, of course, is once we get married. And uh, our wife, our spouse is, you know, that's a definitely a life-changing experience. And then comes the children. I have two children, a boy and a girl. That was both life-changing, of course. And those are highlights. But the reason I didn't pick those for this story was because nearly everybody, you know, that uh, you ask the question, what do you, what may have changed your life, or what story may have changed your life? There's going to be those things like. People will always say, oh, the birth of my children, the birth of uh, my grandchildren and, and uh, getting married. And, you know, my granddaughter, although that was very life changing for us, she was uh, only 26 weeks long in, in, in gestation and was born way early. In fact, we just celebrated her birthday this week. She's fine. Uh, very lucky there because uh, she wasn't due until November. But, uh, you know, that was life changing. But to me, everybody kind of has those stories. So I wanted to pick something else out that was a little bit different. And I'm, and then I'm not telling this story for what I did. I want to set that straight. I'm not, some people call it a hero. Some people call it as, as this or that. But that's not why I'm telling the story. There's, there's a line which I will uh, explain during the story of uh, exactly why I picked this story. And it happened on March 27th, 2001. That's one of those dates that I'll never forget. It's like you uh, mentioned birthdays, anniversaries, things of this nature. That, But March 27th, 2001 is a day that I will never forget. I was elementary principal in Gulf Lake, Texas. And um, day started out beautiful, beautiful blue sky. It's chilly. Uh, I remember that because the kids were wearing coats and uh Normally, we would have an administrator meeting at, at about 10 o'clock each that morning. And for some reason, the superintendent called and said, uh, we're not going to have a meeting this day. And so I went on about working in the office and doing my normal duty as, as uh, I would. Thankfully, I didn't have to go to a meeting. And suddenly, uh, I just stepped out into the hallway, and one of my teachers ran up to me, and I could tell by the look on her face something was wrong and something was bad wrong. And she immediately said, there's a dog on the playground, and it's a bad dog. That's all she had to say. And so I took off running to the playground. And when I got there, it was, turned out to be a, a pit bull, uh, and he was chasing the kids. And let me tell you a little bit about this pit bull. He had been trained to fight. He had been trained to uh, just be as mean as he could be. In fact, his name was Dirty. I come to find out later, some drug, drug uh, house had him. And their joke 
when they had parties was the time on short chain and people wouldn't know he's there and they'd get him close to the dog and the dog would run out and lunge at them and, and scare them and, and things of this nature. So he was not treated well. And, uh, so he, he had broke off his chain. He still he had a collar, but that's all he had on. And when I ran out to the playground, uh, I could see him chasing the kids and, you know, immediately fear and panic take over to the point but then you got a job to do and when i realized what was going on uh it's one of those times that you just you know your uh, body takes over and you start doing what you need to do so i took off running towards the dog and i'll never forget there's a girl in that she was a uh, second grader and she was wearing a pink coat and she was swinging like and you know kids on the playground all this is going on and they don't even know it. You know, they're just a swinging and playing. And when she's swinging, this dog runs up and starts trying to grab her from behind. And uh, he'd jump up and grab her coat. And about the second time, he knocks her out of the swing. Well, I ran in front of her and grabbed her because I didn't want her running because the dog was chasing her. And he made a big circle around us. Well, when she was behind me, she got scared and took off running. I had her behind me trying to keep her back there away from the dog and he was circling us trying to get to her well when she took off running the dog took off running towards her now i'm not real fast or anything like that but when i saw the dog leap for her i jumped at the same time and and we met in midair and you know the good lord was watching and 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 i was able to tackle this dog and and take him to the ground and wrestle this dog to a to a point where I had him pinned against the ground. And when I say pinned against the ground, I'm on top of the dog and holding the dog as, as tight as I can hold him. And as his eyelashes would bat, they would brush my cheek. That's how tight I had. That's how close quarters we are. You know, and before I go on, there was people afterwards saying, oh, I would have done this, I would have done that. Well, you don't have time to think about all those kind of things. You just react. And so as I'm laying there on the ground holding this dog, <clears throat> the sweat would drip from my face onto his face. Uh, and then this went on for like 15, 20 minutes before he helped arrive. And as I'm holding this dog pinned to the ground, I could feel myself getting weak, but I could feel the dog's muscles starting to flex and he would lift me up off the ground. And the reason I chose this story is because when he would do that, I knew another fight was coming on, and when you're that close quarters with a pit bull, uh, things aren't going to be good if, if he gets loose. And so when he would lift me up off the ground, I weigh 200 pounds. I'm six foot four, and weigh 200 pounds. And so I'm on top of this, uh, 40 foot, 50 pound dog trying to hold him to the ground. And he would lift me up off the ground, and I would say a quick prayer saying, God, I need strength, and I need it right now. I don't need it later. I need it right now. And I would feel a warmth coming over my body and I would actually get stronger and was able to push this dog back into the ground. And that happened probably three or four times as that dog would gather his strength up, growling and drooling. And, and you know, his eyes look, were, were eye to eye. Like I said, when his eyelashes would flutter, it would brush my cheek. When my sweat would drip off my nose and my chest, I mean my chest, my, uh, my uh, forehead, it would drip on his face. And so that's how close in proximity he and I were. And the maintenance man came up and I was able to get my phone out of my pocket and just toss it on the ground for him to call the sheriff. 
uh, the teachers, <laughs> they were trying to be orderly and line the kids up before they got them off the playground. And as I'm laying there holding, trying to fight this dog, and I finally said, just get them off the playground, forget lining up, because they didn't need to see that. And so uh, the, the uh, maintenance man, he called for help, called the sheriff, and, and of course, they took a while for them to get there because it's a rural community and so you know it took 10 or 15 minutes for them to get there uh but with this dog under me there was no other way anybody could help and so uh the first sheriff on the deputy showed up he grabs the dog by the back legs but then he realized that that didn't do me any good so they end up cutting the rope off the tether ball pole and tying this around his mouth so when he does uh we do get a hold of him in a better way he won't be able to bite anybody so you know we got a little creative there and took the tether rope off the tether pole and cut that and tied it around the dog's face and and as i lay there you know again in this total strain of muscles every five or ten minutes this dog would again gather strength up and just lift me up off the ground but his head never came off the ground i was able to keep it down but uh each time I would say that prayer, and, and that proved to me that there is a God. It, there's no other way to put, to uh, say it. it. It was the good Lord giving me strength to hold that dog down. And then uh, as I'm laying there, what I didn't know later is when the volunteer firemen showed up, you know, because in rural com- community, they show up when they hear that on the radio that there was a distress at school, of course, and they pull up. Well, all the kids had left their jackets on the playground because you know they got off the playground as fast as they could and so uh, when they pulled up they thought they were kids laying on the playground scared them to death but luckily that wasn't the case Uh, we just uh, got all the kids into school as fast as possible so it it didn't turn out any worse than what it was had two or three kids injured from the dog Uh, i was injured to a small degree and we were very fortunate uh that the uh they were able to take the dog to the to county vet, and they sent his sample off to make sure he didn't have rabies, which he didn't. Uh, the county attorney got involved so we could get the dog tested quicker than normal because he said, you know, we've got a principal and kids sitting here waiting on test results before we can move on. And so the state was able to put that uh, testing way ahead of everybody else and get that dog tested in and then the owner spent some night, a few nights in jail for the way they had treated the dog and had, they had to make some restitution there. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, to me, that, that just proves that there is a God. You know, he, he, he came forward at that time and, and I had to, I really had lots of trouble with it afterwards. And being a writer, one morning I just got a, I wrote children's stories and I wrote novels and, and, uh, like I said, I just, couldn't get it up you know i was having some trouble with it and one morning i got up and the good lord was telling me i needed to write a book about it and so i included it in my uh children's series and that's one book that i wrote and when i went back i did not have to edit it one word it was already grammatically correct everything was punctually correct and everything the story flowed hadn't had it published yet but it, it got me past that point and i will have it published someday but that's that's uh, down the road, but but that is uh, the the most moving uh, part of my life that that I go that uh, a story that I think 
really changed the outlook of my life and, and you know live day to day now and, and thank the good Lord for every, every little miracle that comes along and uh, and we go from there so did did the dog bite you and the kids those three children yes yeah oh he took a chunk out of one of my fingers on the way down the ground he had jumped on the kid and, and scratched them and he was Luckily, they were wearing coats, so there wasn't anything, you know, major, anything ripped or stitches or anything, but just, there, you know, just uh, some some nips and some scratches on them. So they were really fortunate. I got bit by a dog when I was visiting Mexico, and it's not a fun thing. He no, just, no. <laughs> and, and, you know, I love dogs, too, but he just ran up to me and oh, bit, bit me on the leg, and I was, I was prepared to pet him, and, but then he bit me on the leg, and I was like, oh, my God, this dog just bit me on the leg. <laughs> yeah. It, it will affect you for a while. That's for sure. You really don't trust them. I've got three dogs here at the house and, uh, love them too. But, you know, and I say it wasn't the dog's fault because it's the way he was treated. It is what I say was his, was the fault of the owners of the dog and had turned, come find out that he had broke loose the night before and had got outside somebody's, uh, a beauty salon and wouldn't let customers come in and they'd call the law in. But by the time the law got here, he had run off, and so nobody knew where he was at. So uh, he, then one day, that next morning, he saw all those kids playing, and he decided that was a really good place he needed to go. And, you know, there's lots of things that factored in there. If I'd been at that administrative meeting, what would have happened, you know? Uh, so it it changed everybody's life that was involved with it that day. Let's talk about your books, your uh, writing. Do you write children's books or adult novels or you know what do you do both I write, I write both i've had two two children's novels uh published and then uh i've got a western novel that's that's been published on amazon.com and then also i've got a play that i've written has been published on amazon.com and and the play was actually performed in uh, brownwood uh, a couple of months ago and they performed it nine times and it received nine standing ovations and then uh, I wrote the script to the movie I'm working on right now, which is uh, the script's over 100 pages long. And and so it, it's really taken on a life of its own. But, yeah, I've got uh, four novels, one published. Uh, I've signed with a company out of Oklahoma to try to – they're going to try financing to make two of them into movies. One of them is published and one of them is unpublished. So uh, things are rocking and rolling in, in, in that field for sure. And another story I have, it, it really changed all of our lives, is uh, my granddaughter was born at 26 weeks, which was she was due uh, the week of Thanksgiving, just to show you how early that is. And she was born this week back in uh, five years ago. So uh, today is the 2019, so five years ago, so 2014. And uh, we were actually at a horse contest in Wichita Falls, and... My daughter called and said she was having some problems, and we didn't think much about it. And we said, well, okay, you're going to go to the doctor and get checked out and be done. Well, then her husband called and said they're care flighting her to Children's Cook's Hospital. And so we left Wichita Falls, and we got to the hospital just about the same time she did. <laughs> so I'm not going to say we drove a little fast, but we drove a little fast. <laughs> but I had a – and here's how the crazy things happen in, in this story is – I had a friend who just happened to be moving his daughter close to the highway we were taking. So I called ahead, met him at the convenience store, gave him my horse, 
and he put it in his trailer. And then I just took my trailer on to Fort Worth towards Cook's. And then uh, the next day I dropped the trailer off at Walmart parking lot and he came and got the trailer. But uh, they, uh, when we got there, they admitted her and they said, we need her to stay bed fast and we need to hold the baby in as long as we could. And because, it's, again, we're talking about it's being so early. And so we started out praying for days or weeks. And then we started praying for days and then we started praying for minutes. And because they gave her two shots, they said, we got to get, we want to get this third shot in her. So try to develop the baby's lungs. And she was able to get th- two out of the three shots in there before she went into labor. And so when, then when she went into labor, she had uh, Harper Lee. And so Harper was two pounds and four ounces, I believe, 14 inches long. She fit into a gallon Ziploc baggie. In fact, they cut the bottom out of the Ziploc baggie and put it on her like a poncho and zipped it around her feet to keep the moisture in her body. And then she went straight to the, to the NICU and her dad and I went with the baby and my mother, my wife, her mother stayed with her because she was having some trouble, difficulty, but we went with the baby. And, uh, you know, I just never accepted anything else, but the baby is going to be normal. You know, Harper was going to be perfectly fine. And it was probably, I, I think she was a month old before her mother could even hold her three weeks because had to keep her in, in isolation. And, you know, the sad part about it was we'd go to visit the uh, Harper in the hospital there at Cook's and the babies that were there were not there anymore because they didn't get to go home to their physical home. Uh, they had gone home to their, their heavenly home. And so it made you realize just how lucky you were to hang on to every day and my daughter, who has was an RN, she had worked in at NICU down in uh, Scott and White. And so she knew the importance of everything the doctor told her. And so when the doctor told her to do something, she did it. And when they got to take the uh, Harper home uh, Thanksgiving weekend, her normal birthday, you know, schedule, got to take her home. But she was in house quarantine for a year because they did not want her to get any germs whatsoever from the outside sources and the only thing she's got right now she's got a little dimple on her nose from where the oxygen hose stayed so long but other than that she's just a little diva running around five years old start kindergarten this week uh but you know we're we're so fortunate to have her because there's so many in that hospital at the same time that did not get to take their babies home uh they got to be really good friends with uh, people that had triplets who got to take one of the three home uh so they started you know, they started working with uh, March of Dimes because March of Dimes uh, is the one who developed the serum that gave that they were giving the shots to her. And so they have they have a open every year. It's called Harper's Heroes. And they have raised, uh, gosh, nearly over one hundred thousand dollars probably for March of Dimes in the last four years. One year they were the number one family uh, to donation from a family. So they were the spokesman. She was the. Harper, Harper was the March of Dimes poster child uh, two years ago for the Fort Worth area. And so, but like I said, she started kindergarten, no problems whatsoever. And, and we're just thankful every, every bit about that. But there were a lot of prayers sent up during that time. So uh, we feel very fortunate that she is normal and, and just is, is just a little diva. And she'll be spoiled the rest of her life because that's her job. Spoil the kids. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, let's see. Let's go back. Uh, you you mentioned that you wrote a script for a film you're working on. 
let's talk a little bit about your yes. your acting career and your film career, where you started, and, okay. and where you are now, and then where you're, what's your where you're headed. Okay, well, I was you know retired January 16, and I was just looking on Facebook one day and saw an open casting call for the Sun, and so I went to Austin and hoped I could maybe just get a bit part. And little did I know I was cast as a featured extra, which is uh, in a recurring role, which I was in five different episodes and get a lot of camera time. And, and so that really kind of got the acting bug going. I'd always liked, in fact, in second grade, uh, the teacher asked all the kids in the classroom, went around the room, what they wanted to do when they grew up. And I was going to tell them I was going to be a movie star. Well, the girl next to me said she wanted to be a movie star and all the kids laughed at her. So I thought, well, I don't want anybody laughing at me. So I made something else up. So, but then, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind. And, and whenever I'd buy a DVD or, or in the old days, VHS tapes, I'd skip past the movie and go straight to how they make the movie and everything behind the scenes. And so when I got to be on the sun, I got to see, you know, that series on how it was made and behind the scenes. And then I've been on several other large ones, such as, uh, Elite Battle Angel. Uh, also, so season four, The Fear of the Walking Dead, season five, Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, got to work with the Coen brothers there as directors. And so I had written a couple of scenes for somebody else and that movie never took off. So I took those scenes and just started making my own movie with the, trying to develop the whole, the whole movie. And it was about 30 pages. And I said, well, I had won a contest with an iPhone, a film contest with an iPhone. But the contest went belly up, so all I could say is I won. Can't tell anybody I won a money or a trophy or anything like that. But the judge called me and says, well, we, we're in a lawsuit with the sponsor, and you won, but uh, that's going to be as far as it goes. So that kind of got me thinking, maybe I could shoot a trailer to my book or something like that with an iPhone. And so I thought, well, I'll just do a trailer for my movie. And I was working on Well, I had two or three active friends that looked at it and said, man, we'd love to be involved with that. And that got me thinking a little bit more and a little bit more. And all of a sudden, uh, we've gone from iPhone and four or five actors to a video crew and over 200 actors. And the script's grown to 111 pages now, I believe. And it's a Western and, and set in 1887, about two Texas Rangers. And, uh, and I wrote it in the old 1950 Western fashion, you know, where the, the hero doesn't want to be the hero and it's, and he rides in the town to save the town and, and, uh, but, you know, have a little few more twists to it and, and a little more build up to it. But it's a clean movie. There's not any cussing in it because I want my grandkids to be able to go see it. They're actually in it. So I want it to be clean for them. Uh, my grandson actually has lines in it. He's never acted before. And I like to fell out of my chair when he hit his lines just perfectly. And so, uh, in fact, it was the other actors that had to keep we had to reshoot because they kept missing their lines and my grandson he just kept nailing his every time so you know that makes old papa a pretty proud person when his grandson can do that but uh, uh we've been shooting since january off and on uh just different weekends because most of my actors are doing it for free and so we have to you know do it on saturdays and sundays and, and we're going to film in fact tomorrow up in uh, newcastle on the brazos river for half a day and then we'll like about two full days of filming and we'll be, uh, going into post-production, which we've already got some production, post-production going now, but, uh, we'll go full-fledged into that. And so hopefully we'll have it ready next year. We can try to enter it in some film festivals. 
right now my script is in as a finalist in uh, the Wild Bunch Film Festival. The trailer is also a finalist out there, Tucson at the Film Festival, same one. And then my poster is in the top six, and it's going just by people voting on it. So anybody that votes on, on Facebook for those posters, it goes into it. And right now I'm in the top six on that. So hopefully I can get the trifecta, you know, maybe maybe win on all three of them. And a lot of people ask me, you know, whether I like acting or directing better. I really don't know which one I, I like best. But to me, you know, you said an artist. I say a, a, a painter paint, uh, draws a picture with his paintbrushes and tells a story in that canvas. And a director, we tell a, uh, we tell, we paint a picture with people and then we tell that story with the script when they bring that to life. So we try to, you know, try to move all those people around and paint that pic, that visual picture for that person. And, uh, the philosophy I use on my movie and my books is it's an escape for people for that hour and a half to go watch a movie, come out feeling good, uh, for play too, you know, forget about everything else in the world. And it gives them a chance to, uh, go in there and relax and, and be entertained. Um, it's an independent film. Where do you acquire like the camera, the boom and the, the people who are behind the camera? Um, what, what does that, take are you are you having to pay out of your pocket or have you raised money to make this production most of it's coming out of my pocket uh now the camera part that's a real interesting story in itself I, one of my other jobs is i mentor first year teachers that's going through alternative certification and so i'm in an elementary school i've been in there mentoring one of the teachers and came out and visiting with the principal and she said that uh her son, if I ever needed a videographer, her son was into video, was into videoing and been doing it since his junior high. And he was 21 years old and was out on his own. So if I ever needed him to holler at him. So I, after I got past the iPhone, I thought, well, I'm going to meet with the kid and see what he can offer. And I was really impressed with him. And he had his own phone, uh, cameras. He's got two black magic cameras. And so he's my assistant director and videographer and we really hit it off. And a lot of people said, you don't need to hire a 21 year old. And, and I did and have not regretted it since. Now, as far as the sound equipment, you know, it's been oh, four or five different sound engineers we've hired to come in. They always bring their own equipment in. And so, uh, you know, it's, we got to just try, always try to find, we've reaching out, you know, different places to get different ones. We've had them out of San Antonio, Metroplex, different places like that. Whoever we can find, he knows several and, and I know a few others, and when when we can't, he can't find his. I find mine, and so yeah, it's been we've got you know some small investors, you know, as far as that goes, but not a not enough to pay for the whole thing. That's for sure. And so uh, you know, when we started out this, it, we had a budget. Well, we realized real quick that wasn't enough. So you know, that went out the window pretty quick. So <laughs> it's amazing how fast it does go. You know, when you're feeding a hundred people, uh, and I've been on movies where they wouldn't feed you, but I felt like if I'm going to get them out on the weekend, uh, I'm going to feed them. And so, uh, you know, that runs into money. Uh, people that drove a long ways to help put it on, like my cook and, and, uh, some of the others, you know, pay for their hotel rooms. And so that just really does add up fast to make, you know, to cost. And so, uh, it does add up and you just, you just keep going from payday to payday trying to, Pinch this penny and pinch that penny. <laughs> okay. Uh, to close out, why don't you give advice to anyone who 
uh, maybe thinking about starting a film production uh, and doesn't know how to go about it, what advice would you give them to get them started and to get them on the right track? Uh, number one, if they've never done it, I'd start smaller than I did. <laughs> I would start out with some short films first. If they've never, you know, and, and just use your iPhone and and get your script. And I believe if you write your own script to begin with, you know more what you're wanting out of that script than you just go find one. Uh, but if you can't do that, you find one, shoot a scene or two and really, really work on that and, and uh, you know, see how that goes and then jump in there and get the big ones. But, but make as many connections as you can, because nearly all of my connections that they're in the movie business are from those uh, independents and also the big scenes, big uh, productions that I've been on. And we, as soon as you get there, you know, you start trying exchange Facebook friends and you work together and people either like you or don't like you. And so the ones that like you, they come back and, you know, say, yeah, we'll, we'll do a favor for you. And so you start kind of calling in those favors that you've done for them. Uh, a lot of them that you've acted for them in the past and now they turn around, they'll act for you. And so you got to make those connections and you got to realize uh, what you want to do in the movie. And I read an article once and it's so true. That if you really want to be in the business, you take every job you can get, whether it pays you anything. Sometimes you might get a pizza. Sometimes you might not get even a bag of chips. But then eventually you start getting cast, if you're on the actor side of it, cast for some that do pay. Maybe never big money, but maybe you do get some that uh, you get get some chain, pocket change in. And, you know, be an extra in the big production so you can see how those go. Be a volunteer uh, gaffer or prop man, PA. All of that, so you know what goes into it. Because if you go into it and say, I'm just going to get this camera shoot a movie, and you don't understand all the different angles it's going to need it and everything, you're going to come out with a lot less movie. But if you if you work in the movie industry, whether it's in a lot of independents or the big ones, you start learning and learn from every bit of it while you're there. I enjoy from the time I get on set, the costuming, the makeup, the hair, until we leave, I enjoy every minute of it. There's some people don't like this, that, and the other. I have a blast. You know, I'm, I'm retired. I'm doing this for, you know, I'm out there just having a big fun. You know, I, I film for a man and it's for free, uh, Saturday and Sunday. It's 105 degrees where we're filming. It's a blast. I mean, yeah, it was hotter than Hades, but, uh, you know, it's fun just hanging around. You end up getting that movie family. You get all those connections. And uh, my genre is mainly Westerns, and that's kind of what I hang out with. If your genre is horror, you're going to get that little family going. So you got to find that place, but you got to get involved first, and that's the way you need to get involved in is start working some of those movies as much as you can, Get be a background if, or whatever, and that way you start learning the process and learning the industry. Let me ask you something. I've, I've experienced being an extra in films. And it's, it, for me, it really was irritating because you, you, they treat extras really bad on set. Oh, they do. And, uh, they do. Like, like you mentioned once that they, they may not feed you. Uh, we were there on set for 12 hours and all they had to give us was butter beans and chocolate. Cake. <laughs> oh, God. But there was a big, oh, huge spread for the actors, the main actors and the, and the crew, uh, to go down and pick their food and all that. But for the extras, they had a tray of butter beans and a, a cake that they gave us. And that's all they gave us. Uh, yeah. We, we wound yeah, up, they give you. 
we wound up uh, pulling, pulling our money together and we bought a pizza. And they were like, you bought a pizza? <laughs> and I said, you know, but it's, it's really something. Yeah, and, and on my set, everybody eats together. I've, I've got a, I had an actor from Hollywood come in, and so he sat right there with everybody. Crew and extras, we all ate together, and I think, you know, developed that team that team uh, concept. But yeah, extras, boy, they, man, sometimes you sit there for hours before they ever use you, and, and uh, I swore, being that these are free, I wasn't going to make them sit there, and so I kept them busy all day long because if they're involved in the movie it's more fun than just sitting there waiting and you know you, sometimes you walk off especially in independence if they didn't use you you feel like that kid the last one picked in the in the kickball game you know uh but uh but you know so i you know I took those notes i mean i learned from it all and made sure okay if i'm gonna do my own movie people are gonna feel important and we're gonna use everybody and we're not gonna sit there and and just have them sit and holding all day long and uh, things like that and, and treat them nicer. <laughs> yeah, you're in a separate line. You go eat your whatever they have for you and they, they let you know real quick those steaks are not for you. <laughs> you know, those are for the cast and crew. <laughs> Don't forget where, who you are. You're just an extra. But uh, they can't make the movie without you. That's the thing. It's, the extras are very important, but it also teaches you everything that you uh, – not everything, but a lot of things you need to know if you're going to be in the movie industry. The previous was recorded at the end of September. It is now December, and Bill has some new information for us. Bill, what you got going on? Okay, we're starting a new movie called I've Got Your Six. And, uh, you know, in military terms, that means I've got your back. And a little twist on the movie that we're going to be filming December 7th and 8th is all the actors and extras, anybody in front of the camera is going to be a military veteran. And we've already had like 85 veterans sign up to be in this movie. And so we're in pre-production right now and getting ready to start filming December 7th and 8th. So I think it's a pretty neat deal when we have that many veterans coming together. And the, the really the basis of it is to let all the veterans know that even though they may feel alone at times, there's a network out there that's supporting them and behind them at all times. Is it a uh, feature film or a documentary? It's going to be a short. It's going to be a short film. It's uh, it's all fiction. You know, I, I wrote it. I've had this story in my mind a long time. It's kind of crazy when you say that. Uh, but uh, and then I just happened to meet a couple of actors that I thought when I was talking to them, I thought you know, a lot went off and said. Here's the guy I want to play the, the deputy. And so it's a modern day uh, saga. And the basis of the story is there's a World War II veteran in a nursing home. And he reads in the newspaper about how they're fixing to turn a piece of worthless land into a shopping center. Well, he realizes that worthless piece of land used to be his farm. And so he wants to see it one last time before the, they turn it into a shopping center. And so he escapes from the nursing home. And the story picks up when the deputy sees him sitting on the side of the road looking down into a valley. And so, you know, a lot of times we get in a hurry and want to do things really quick. But uh, the, the old man, he, he asked the deputy, you got time? Just go ahead and sit down here beside me. And I want to tell you about this worthless piece of land they're calling it. And then, you know, he proceeds to tell him about all of his life events that took place on that farm you know he got married under this oak tree and he was uh, in the field over to the left working the field when he got his draft notice to go to the 
World War II and he fought in the Philippines. And then the man playing the deputy is actually a really Iraq war veteran. And so they're going to hit it off just right. And, and the uh, commander that's given the orders back in the office, he's not a veteran. And so, you know, he's telling him, bring him in right now or get an ambulance, you know, quit wasting time. And, and so they start fighting on the, uh, or arguing on the, uh, on the radio. Well, in every small town, everybody has scanners, whether it's volunteer firemen or, or the old lady sitting at the house listening to the police action. Well, they start hearing this uh, argument going on between the deputy and the commander, and the veterans just start dropping what they're doing and going and uh, standing behind this old man and protecting him from anything that might happen. And so as he's telling the story about his farm on his life, life on the farm, veterans just start walking up behind him and... You know, they'll state their name and, and, and branch and just stand there at attention behind him, you know. And the very last scene is when the commander says, you're going to bring him down or I don't have to come down there myself and get him. And the uh, deputy says, yeah, I'll take care of it. And he goes, no, you might want to come down here. And the drone shot's going to show, you know, you know, 75, 80 veterans lined up behind the old man that, you know, nobody's going to bother him while they're all there. And so, you know, it just shows you that no matter which age we're in, the veterans, you know, they've got a good support system. You said it's a short film. Is it, how are you going to release it? Is it, have you got a, a date set that you want to shoot for? Hopefully uh, early spring, maybe, er, you know, February. It depends on how quick we get this, get it uh, edited. And uh, we're going to definitely put it in film festivals and try to get it out that way. Uh, um and then we're going to look at some other avenues. I've got to sit down with my production team and see just how how we want to get it out there. And uh, we've just signed with a, an, an entertainment lawyer, and she's going to definitely help us figure out the best way we can get a short movie out. Because we just finished, you know, what we discussed earlier, the feature film. And we've got a pretty good idea on distribution on it. But uh, the short films are a little different. And so we don't know how we want to release it as far as do we want to go Facebook and let it go viral? Or hopefully you know it would for the veterans' sake, or uh, YouTube, or uh, try to uh, just put it in film festivals for a while and then release it. So you know we're going to sit down and have a meeting with everybody involved that knows a lot more about it than I do as far as that goes, and and see how it's going to get out the quickest and, and best way for our veterans. Uh, do you have your funding already? Or are you still shooting for more? No, still shooting for more. Uh, any and any money past production costs will go to either Texas Veterans for Outdoors, we've already partnered with them, or another military organization. And so we're looking at different ones, trying to partner up with different, you know, with, uh, different ones after that. But, uh, you know, if, if anything does go above production costs, we'll, it's going to go back to veterans. Nobody's going to make any money off of it as far as that goes on our end of it. And all the, when I say production costs, feeding the veterans for lunch, you know, when we have them out there, uh, just, you know, a little little uh, gas mileage for the uh, sound man. Is, he's actually a veteran. He's driving up from San Antonio, which is a three and a half, four hour drive for him on his own dime. So that would be the production cost. It wouldn't be putting money in the director's pocket, his salary. Nobody would get a salary. It'd just be covering their cost uh, to put this thing on. So this, it's going to be, everybody's volunteering to do it for uh, uh, just volunteer right now. And, and even I've uh, got a guy doing a mo- movie poster started it today. And he said, don't worry about the cost. He just, He'd absorb that himself. So, you know, just people are chipping in now. And so if, if nothing else, you know, they can help the veterans around where they're at. 
So you you wrote the script. Are you doing any mm-hmm. directing, or do you ha- you said you have a director? I am the director. I will be the director, and this uh, I'm not going to do any acting. I'm not a veteran, so uh, this will be the first movie I've done. Well, no, this will be the, the second one I've done. Just total. No, let me back up. I've acted in all of them. I've directed. This will be the very first one I've not acted in that I've directed. So I'll be a totally director this time, which I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be totally different. We're buying. Few more little gadgets to play with when we're filming, and you know, make it uh, see what we can turn out. I talked to my cinematographer the other day, and he found a new piece of software he's going to try. And uh, we're going to get, like I said, hook up a few different things and, and see how it works out and, and uh, be a little burning experience for all of us. But uh, it's going to be 20 to 30 minutes long, and uh, you know, it's not just going to be him sitting on the side of the hill talking to the deputy. I mean, for 20 minutes, that would get kind of old for a while. But uh, as he's talking, we're going to caption people working and hearing this going on on the scanner and stopping what they're doing. And, you know, we've got several scenes there at mechanic shops and veterans are working on a car. Uh, we're in a biker bar. We've actually got 20, 30 bikers coming in and some cowboys going to be in the bar talking and having a good time. And, and uh, when they hear it on the scanner and, and so they all just start leaving about the same time. So when, when uh, they, the commander says, you know, tells the deputy, you either bring him in, it's going to cost you badge. And he said, you can have the, the badge if you want it that bad. And that, everybody's going to go to hooping and hollering. And then they take out of the uh, different places where they work, cafes. You know, it's going to be, in fact, my father-in-law is going to be in it. Uh, he's a 20, 25-year veteran, I believe, the Air Force. And so uh, we've got him in it. And so it's going to be, it's going to be pretty neat to have some family involved in it, too. Do you have all the veterans you need? Or are you still looking for more? And how can they find you if they want to participate? Uh, we've got a, a uh, email called I've Got Your Six Movie. And that six is with the numerical six. And uh, they can email me at I've Got Your Six Movie at gmail.com. And also, we're going to have t shirts and caps for sale there. And all the proceeds will go to either paying for those little expenses like I talked to or going to a veterans fund at one of the two. Because, uh, that way, you know, the money will go back into their pot, pocket somehow or another. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how we raise money to pay for the uh, feature film I just did and a nice banker. <laughs> but uh, this one's going to be totally uh, on the volunteer basis. Yeah, so, a nice uh, banker is good to have around. It is. It is. And, and a very understanding wife. You know, can't forget that part. <laughs> so you, you just released a film. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that to remind the listeners um, about okay. that? Yeah, we just finished up. Uh, we just wrapped acting on it last weekend. It's called Showdown on the Brazos. And it's going to be a, <clears throat> excuse me, a feature film. And we're about 80% through with post-production right now, getting it what they call a rough draft uh, movie where we can sit down and watch it all is one movie and then that's when we sit down and decide you know we're not talking about colorization we're not talking about little mistakes in the background or anything we're talking about what do we need to add to this scene and that scene and do we have that clip can we put it in there you know making it smoothing out uh into you know more a better movie and then uh so we're about 80 percent getting that rough draft done where the group of us can sit down and, and watch it and then uh, we've got two companies that's interested in distribution for us and so we hope to have that in people's uh, living room sometime next year so in spring of 2020 or summer depends on how long post-production takes 
Is that one of the ones that you've directed and acted in as well? Yes, it sure is. And that's the one that started out. It's a, it's a Western based in 1880s. And started out, that's the one I started going to film on the iPhone with four or five actors and quickly realized this was too big, too big of a movie to do that on because we ballooned into over 200 actors. I mean, I hadn't counted. I know we're well over 200, pushing 250 actors. And so that's extras and everybody. And we ended up having to get a, a video crew and, and, you know, production crew. And all. so, I, I mean, you talk about crash course in the movie making, you know, <laughs> something you thought was going to be just in your backyard film a little bit. All of a sudden, you know, you had, oh, I have to have insurance. Nobody told me I had to buy insurance to film a movie. <laughs> and, oh, I've got to have a lawyer now. Oh, my gosh. You know, so uh, this little venture is turned into a very rewarding adventure adventure uh, as far as just uh, mentally rewarding hopefully it's financially someday but i'm just hoping people enjoy it when they see it out there and, and it's going to be out there pretty soon it's it's happening really fast now okay do we have a website for that or i've got a uh, imdb page uh it's called showdown on the brazos and you can also go to my imdb page bill foster or facebook bill foster or showdown on the brazos either one and both of those have a lot of behind-the-scenes pictures, and we're fixing to release a second trailer. We've got one trailer on YouTube right now. You can Google Showdown on the Brazos, and uh, then you can uh, be tuning in oh, pretty soon. We hope to have it out before Christmas, uh, and it's going to be a really, really good trailer because the first trailer we did, we, we liked it, but we knew we could do better. And the first trailer was actually made after the first two days of filming. We filmed two days, and I said, let's get this trailer out. And so my videographer, he, he put that together real quick, and, and it's really taken off. has over 14,000 views between Facebook and uh, YouTube. And so we hope this next one's going to have just that many, if not more, because, like I say, it's going to be a lot better. It's going to have a lot more in it and tell more of a story. So uh, we're really excited about it.